Want to ring the bell? All right. Ding, ding. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Two Views Movies. I am Garrett. And I'm Carson. And we are going to talk John Wick 4. We're already at number four in this bad boy. The fourth. Yes. Keep it going. I never would have thought when I saw the trailer for John Wick 1 that we would end up at four of them and end up possibly considering it one of the best action franchises of all time. Yeah, I, and I think just the thing that sets it apart is that it started to build a world at day one and not right. try to jump into it later and make it bigger. Like you, they hinted at the bigger world and then uh, uh, they just kind of left it there. And then they've slowly expanded upon it, which is great. Yeah, it, that that's the secret. I mean, you know what you're going there for. You're going there for violence guns. and action and guns and, guns and, and deaths great and... choreography and <laughs> cinematography and all this stuff. But that, I mean, that can just, it can get stale, I'll admit. I mean, great action is always good, but there's got to be some other stuff to like make it interesting beyond that, especially when you're pushing a three-hour runtime. Like you, You've got to be doing some things to keep people invested, curious in the world, curious in the characters, those kinds of things. And to their credit, I think they've they've done a pretty good job doing that, and it, it hasn't been like this um, spill it all out at one time. It's been okay. You got a little bit in one, you got a little bit more in two, got a little bit more in three. So each one is kind of expanding it and expanding it, and uh, yeah, we got to four, and feels like it's got a pretty big world there. You can go play, and, and of course they think so too because they have multiple spinoffs that they're wanting to do. Yeah, I'm anxious to see how those go because I thought we would uh, we would see hints of of those in this, but. I guess not. Well, I, I think that's good and bad, right? I think, I think it's good in the sense that, I think, I think people might be a little spent on connected universes. So, I, I think there's some beauty in the director and, and Keanu saying, "I don't care if you spin my thing off, right? But this is us. Like we're the main timeline. We control this. I'm laying the foundation." If you guys want to make your way into the rest of the world, like maybe I'll have some oversight or something, but I'm keeping my movies at what I want. Your other spinoffs be damned. Now, I also think the flip side of that is there's probably people who would have liked to have seen those little like things. So that now when they go to watch Anna de Armas in The Ballerina, they're like, oh, I saw her over here. Or the prequel, I guess it's allegedly has Mel Gibson in it about the Continental. Like, But I don't know. I'd also kind of argue like you've seen ballerinas in, I think it was John Wick 3. You've seen the Continental and everything. So like, those plugs are already there. You just didn't see the characters. Yeah, and I think, but I think in spinoffs, you attach yourself to a character. So really, like the one that you would attach yourself to is kind of like Halle Berry's character mm-hmm. in John Wick Three. So you'd think that logically would be your your spinoff character, even though they probably don't didn't want to use Halle Berry or or what. They're starting starting something new, fresh. But you kind of have that that taste of okay, she's a badass. Mm-hmm. I've seen her be a badass along with John Wick, and I know she's in that world, and she gets her own movie right. and let her, let her go. So that's that's kind of what you expect. So this this is just a, oh, yeah, this is in the, the Wick universe, right. and ha, but John's never, that we've seen on screen, met her. Right. And so 
just kind of do your own thing. Yeah. So to your point about the world building, I mean, they're they're spinning off the world, not the characters, is what right. they're doing. Which right. I think that's great. I think it gives somebody a little bit more flexibility. You're not you're not stuck into a character or anything. You're just the only thing you're bound to is the concepts and and the world building. So I think that's I would think for a director or a writer whoever's going to come in that that's an it gives you a lot more freedom than saying, okay, I've already got this character here that's somewhat established and things like that. I, I just have the world that I can go play in, which is nice. Well, it's not dissimilar from Star Wars. Sure. You know, and so you, you have the world and then you, you do all these little spinoffs of The Mandalorian where you have established rules, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's like, okay, but you got to build kind of from nothing. Mandalorian right. kind of cheated of we're going to take mm-hmm. your love for Boba Fett and transfer it to, <laughs> to Mandalorian, you know, yeah. but it's uh, um, that's that's kind of cheating. And I guess that's what this is, too, technically. You know, you see yeah, the Mandalorian. I think the the beauty of this is that it's grounded in reality. So when you stay at the Continental or you stay in the ballerinas, that kind of makes sense. In Star Wars, not to get off topic, but when you have an entire universe and you keep going to the same damn planets over and over again, like <laughs> then you start to feel like, hey, the writing's lazy. Whereas now, if you if you send somebody back to the Continental, you don't really feel like the writing's lazy. You're like, oh no, that's just one of the center points of of this whole universe, and it makes sense that this world revolves around that. It doesn't make sense that the whole entire universe revolves around Tatooine. <laughs> a desert planet with like right. six people on it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, well, I didn't say they did it well. I just said that was sure. the same idea. Sure. Uh, but that's that's what you do there. But yeah. Um, no, I'm excited to talk about this. I'll, I'll let you get you get to the intro and we'll. Okay, let's do it then. With the price on his head ever increasing, John Wick uncovers a path to defeating the high table. But before he can earn his freedom, Wick must face off against a new enemy with powerful alliances across the globe and forces that turn old friends into foes. Directed by Chad Stahelski, who has only done John Wick 1, 2, and 3. Um, so he has yet to really kind of branch out into anything else from a director standpoint. No need. Yeah, cast. Stay, stay right here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Keanu Reeves, Donnie Yen, Bill Skarsgård, Ian McShane, Lawrence Fishburne, Lance Reddick, Clancy Brown, Hiroyuki Sanada, Shamir Anderson, Rina Sawayama, and Scott Adkins. Now I'm going to let you lead with Keanu and choreography because that's that's your jam well that's the thing i I was thinking a lot about the podcast for this movie and how i I mean i don't know if i'm gonna get people to turn off the podcast right now but i don't know how (laughs) interesting this conversation is going to be because if you've seen john wick one through three this is that just arguably the best it's ever been so like they didn't really do anything different choreography wise. They they did the same things that have made them such a great success, right? They filmed it in a easy to follow way. Um no no shaky cams, none of that. The the world building that you mentioned, that's here. It's getting bigger. The the characters that have grown, whether it's Halle Berry or people at the high table, that's growing too. They've introduced way more characters in this movie than they ever did before. The Continental is still there. Ian McShane's still there. The the weird rules around the Hitman. I mean that that's all still there. So it's like it's hard to say. It, it's hard to describe John Wick four without just basically saying it's everything that you love about the first three movies. Just arguably, maybe done the best it's ever been. Um, so so yeah. how, how do you go from there in terms of a conversation other than like, yeah, it's amazing. What do you want me to say? So I absolutely love this movie. Yeah, I loved it. I left that theater. It's a three hour movie. 
Mm-hmm. Right. It's a three hour movie and you're like, gosh, that, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. But I was so amped throughout the entire movie that it never lets you relax. So mm-hmm. I, I when leaving, I was exhausted. I was exhausted because my <laughs> adrenaline was so high the entire movie because it just keeps going. But my, my praise for this movie has got to go back to the whole franchise mm-hmm. because it's John Wick killing people in weird different ways. Right, like that's he has guns and he's he's shooting them and killing them in, in all these different ways, and they've done it for three movies before we got into this one, mm-hmm. and then you go into a a three hour movie where it's basically gunfight scene to gunfight scene to gun you know all the way through three hours, but each one is unique and different. Yeah, each one feels different. He's doing it in a different way. They're adding something to it. The camera angles, the way that they're doing it, the the setting, it's. It's so impressive. We've seen a, a ridiculous and unhealthy amount of action movies in, right. in our lives. And for them to continually put these together and choreograph them in the ways that they're doing is mind-blowing that yeah. we haven't seen these before. No, you're right. It, to me, it's the equivalent of when you watch Quentin Tarantino or Jordan Peele. Maybe Jordan Peele and M. Night Shyamalan are the better ones. But you know the directors that we talk about where you're like, I can't wait to see what they're going to do next. Like Stahelski's kind of earned that with John Wick. And it's weird to say, because in the end you still get a John Wick movie. These other people change stories, characters, settings, whatever. Right. But in the confines of, I guess the, maybe the more appropriate comparison is mission impossible. You know what you're going to get in a mission impossible movie. The question just becomes how many levels did they take this thing up? What stunt are they doing this time? What crazy storyline are they doing this time? That's probably the more equivalent to John Wick, where it's like, it's so good, but you you just always, you're going to want to see John Wick 5 because you're going to want to be like, what? How many different ways can they kill people? How many different settings can they put him? How many new rules and world things can they come up with? And they, they've continued to push that boundary. So taking your Mission Impossible uh, thing is usually there, or comparison, it's usually they have one or two stunts in the movie that's mm-hmm. that they go above me. Oh my gosh, Tom Cruise does his own stunts. You know, yeah, they're big set bl- pieces, right? They're, right. Yeah. Right. And so they're uh, big standout things for that movie, but they're a small percentage of the movie, you know? And so the other scenes, and then it's him running from people or him fighting people, but it's, to me, they're pretty standard, mm-hmm. you know? And then you have the, the big set pieces, and those are kind of the key mark. This... This is straight three hours of new stuff. Mm-hmm. Like just get, and it continues to build on it. It's just, it, it just fascinating. Like, nope, never thought of that. Or mm-hmm. you think that you're going to gunfight, gunfight, gunfight. It's going to get old, but it, to, to me at least, it did <laughs> right. not. It so, did not. <laughs> now, I'm sure some people might, might feel that way, but to right. me it did not. So this is where I, I've had a question kind of brewing in the back of my head for a little while, and I, I've been waiting until we recorded this to ask you this, but everybody's got their own own thing that they like in movies, right? Like I, I, I don't I don't get really behind the horror stuff, right? I got I like horror movies, but like it's not my jam. And so when I see like how many times can you have Jason kill the same? There's somebody out there that loves that um, differently. You know, Differently though, you, you, right. you have Jason hit somebody with a machete in the head. You know that's fine, but right. eventually k- kill him differently, Jason. Right. You know but, once he beats him with a against a tree in a, in a sleeping <laughs> right. bag, it's different. <laughs> so, but my question to you is like, we're obviously going to sit here and, and rave about this movie, but 
my my question is more like I, I guess if this isn't your movie like do do you think there's there's got to be right there's got to be people out there that are like how do you like this stuff right like it's just it's the same thing between one and four, right? It's the same thing. He's just, what are you, you're just watching John Wick kill. You just, you said it, you're watching John Wick kill guys in different ways for four hours. Like, so I guess you have to take that all in the context that like for action movies. And I think it's great, but there's, there's going to be a group of, if not a lot of people out there that are like, but it's just, you know, I don't, it's not my thing. It's just over and over again, the same stuff. Sure. But it's also a fair thing to say, if you've liked one, two and three, you'll love four. Sure. I, yeah, there's no question in that. And so, and so that's that. If you're just jumping into the fourth one, I think you've done yourself a disservice. Right. Um, oh, you absolutely have done yourself a disservice. Like, like I don't think it's one of those series that you have to hang on every last thread. And like, do I think you could pick up four and actually be totally fine just watching four on its own? Like, yes, you you could. But you're going to miss out on some of the things. But I don't think it's a must. Like, you know, when other stories build on each other chronologically, it's like you you, you have to see one before you see two and so on. I don't I think you could jump in at two or three on John Wick and like get the main gist and not be lost. You you could, yes. But the thing but the world building in this is that the world building is also building on each other. So I just right. watched uh the first John Wick, mm-hmm. which I realized just th- this week waiting for, for this. Um because watching John Wick four made me want to watch them all again. Mm-hmm. Uh but it, I remembered um a surprisingly little amount of the first one. Oh, really? Like I had forgotten uh Willem Dafoe was even in it. Yep. And when he showed up, I'm like, oh yeah, but yeah. I didn't really remember. And then I kind of remembered it as I went, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, I remembered the beginning and I remembered mm-hmm. the very end. You know, mm-hmm. that, that that was kind of but I didn't remember the middle. And I really enjoyed it. And now I'm sitting here thinking, I don't remember a lot about John Wick Two. Uh, two is the most forgettable in the series to me. So and and to me as well. Um, but it's but, it's like only a half star worse than like everything right, else. Right. But I think but I was I mean, at like four and a half on one, four and a half on three. I won't tell my rating is on four yet, but then two was like a four. I think it's just like a half yeah. notch down. Well, I see, but, but that one, I don't remember much about it. So I, I want to watch it yeah. again, you know? And so, uh, no, three, I feel like still has the best scene in E. John Wick. Cause I loved with Halle Berry and the mm-hmm. dogs and the, there was something new and different that I wasn't expecting. Right. And, and it wasn't just that they were, dogs in that movie it was how they were working with uh, as an extension of her and i just thought however they did that was fantastic and right. so uh and, and both of them during that whole scene i absolutely loved it i still think it's it's so creative and uh that's still my favorite scene but the rest of the movie you know it's still kind of a blur and i want to go back and yeah and watch them again i mean you could we could do a whole podcast on the top five john wick scenes Right. I mean, and, and it would be a healthy debate because there's such a variety of them and there's so many great moments. Um, I, I think four has arguably my favorite scene, but I also it's tough for me to say because I've seen one so many times that there's like I almost have nostalgia for one in a way, even though it was only like seven years ago or something. Oh, no. And it was, it was great. And I thought that I had it down and then i'm watching it I'm like i don't remember this yeah <laughs> that's just me being did old, you remember kevin nash being in it i know you uh, of course i remember kevin nash <laughs> okay. you forgot willem but you got kevin no, nash <laughs> i got kevin nash i knew he was the, the bouncer <laughs> and i thought we'd you know at some point see him again but we never seen him again no he never came you back not, not, even, maybe later. Just, not even a little high and who knew that like lance reddick as the in the um first john wick as the hotel manager would be such a fixation in the right the rest of the series like right funny you how know. they pick and choose and so, 
I mean, just again, we're going back to the original point of the world building. They only give you little nuggets, you mm-hmm. know, as to what is even going on in the first one, you get these gold coins and, you know, these certain people have these rules, but you don't know what they are. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, you're, you you kind of think maybe this mob boss is sort of the, the height of it, but then there's also this continental stuff. And mm-hmm. so you're, you're trying to figure all this out. And two, they really dive into, there's a lot more here, mm-hmm. uh, and kind of blow into into the full full world of it and it's just in three i thought they kind of overshot a little bit on the world building but i thought this in four brought it didn't necessarily bring it down but it wasn't as oh this is the top top person right you know um i thought i thought everything they did in this movie with exception of one thing uh was fantastic okay i have one one gripe in this in this movie yeah i I don't have hardly any gripes. I think um it it felt it felt like a long movie. It 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 didn't go by fast to me, but it it also didn't feel long if that makes sense, right? Like it felt like it was 3 hours, but I never was like checking my watch being like, "Okay, like, come on, like let's go." So, like it felt long, but I was enjoying it while it was happening, so I didn't really care that it was long. Um but no, I I have I I have a I mean I will say the one thing that did stand out to me was, um, and I love him. Keanu is my boy, but his line delivery was really weird in this movie. Um, it was almost like he was being a caricature of what everybody thinks Keanu is. And I think he avoided that for three movies, but for some reason, like every line was kind of like the slower drawn out way he would say things. I'm like, why, why are you talking like that? Keanu, what are you, what are you doing there? Um, so, but again, you don't go to John Wick to, assess Keanu's acting ability. I mean, I'm going to give him all the props in the world for the fact that he can physically do all the stuff he's doing um, in this movie. Yeah. And I feel like he has like six lines in the entire movie. Yeah. There's, there's <laughs> just not a lot of talking from anybody in this movie. I mean, Skarsgård talks a lot, but that's about it. Um, Ian McShane does a lot of the talking, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I, I feel like uh, I have very little complaints. If you've liked John wick one through three, there's zero chance you would dislike John Wick four. I just don't, I wouldn't, I, I would love to find that one person out there who's like, Oh, I loved one and three. And I thought four was terrible. Like, I, I can't right. imagine that person even exists. It, it doesn't transfer. No, either, either they're lying, you know, about <laughs> liking right. one through three or, right. or hating four. Like, right. No, the, the, if it doesn't make sense. If you don't rank for the highest, what, I mean, fine, sure. whatever. Like we can all split hairs on that, but like you, you know what you're getting in a John Wick movie and this movie delivered it. Um, about as well as you could possibly expect, especially considering it's the fourth movie in a franchise. Like, usually by then there's fatigue, exhaustion. You know, people are not wanting to check in as much. But kudos to them, man. They they brought it on four. Yeah, they did. They yep. did. But I'm gonna point out my gripe, and it was in the trailer, so I feel like it's fair. Okay, it's my guy. I, I like this guy. He's been trying to break out for twenty something years, mm-hmm. and I feel terribly for him. And it's Scott Atkins. Uh, <laughs> you he, like Scott Atkins. He got the call. He yeah. got the call. We want you to be in John Wick. Yeah. He's like, finally. You know, like he's had these little bit roles and like mm-hmm. the expendables too. And you know, he's just trying to trying to because this guy's a legit martial artist. Yeah. Who just cut, you know, just like he, he was born in the wrong era. Mm-hmm. Like had he been born, you know, t- ten years prior, I think he would have been, you know, martial arts superstar, you sure. know. And but he just can't quite quite find it and they they could make they give him the call yeah yeah then we're gonna 
put you in this fat suit right. and then we're going to give you these gold teeth and yeah. just make you a freaking, you know, Dick Tracy villain. Yeah. You know, it, it, which was completely unnecessary. No, it, he didn't need to be big and fat. It was yeah, he, he nothing. And I think what they were going for was kind of this unexpected, like Kingpin, you know, yeah. he, he's a big, you know, big fat guy. He can't fight, but oh, he really can fight. But right. that did not translate. It looked fake. It looked, yeah. it looked like a fat it, suit. It looked like a guy wearing a fat suit. Yeah. And, and you going back, it didn't add anything. Um, and then, and I, and I feel like he thought this was his moment yeah. and basically it was kind of overacting, you know? And so well, he's trying I think to, they, I think this, they wanted that character to be larger than life in a lot of different ways. So I think they, they told him ham it up. Oh yeah. And, and I think, I think he, I think he was doing his best with what he was given. And I feel bad for the guy that yeah. that was his, his, you, you got to think when he gets that call from his agent that that's. You are in John Wick. You, well, yeah, the we guy's got, done we got Donnie, we got Keanu. <laughs> yeah, he started yeah. naming off everybody that's going to be in this movie, right. and you're right there with them. Oh, but here, put this on, and you're not going to really show off what you can do at all. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I think they did still show it off, but I mean, you know, when you're Scott Atkins and you made a living off of B movies, you know, you you take the Wick role. Oh sure. I mean, you don't turn week. it down, but yeah. you got to be a little disappointed that this is what they have in store for you, and when, when yeah. you got that call. Yep. No, I, it didn't add much to me, but I, I wondered if they were going to have him fight. Cause I was like, well, why else would you have Scott Atkins? Cause if you're not going to have him fight, you can just do anybody. But then right. they had him fight and I was like, okay, well I'm glad they did at least cause that makes sense. But it's not even, I mean, I'm sure it's extremely difficult to fight in a fat suit. Um, <laughs> right. but if you kind of take that element out, it's not like he was overly impressive with it because no. he can do all sorts of stuff right uh and we've seen it in his if you've seen his his movies um but he i don't know i think he got the short short end of the stick and it, it kind of took away from the movie of this clearly a guy in a fat suit and we've not done this ever like why mm-hmm. why even do that yeah um but that's my my one gripe and i feel sorry for the guy and uh it just took a little bit out of them because it's again like a cartoony character yeah. if you're in the middle of this movie where no it, they've never done anything like that before I don't feel sorry for him because he got to be in John Wick four and that's <laughs> the most f- exposure he's probably ever had in his entire career. Um, Expendables two. Yeah. The, X-Men I mean, origins. He was the other Deadpool. No. So what you couldn't <laughs> even tell that. You couldn't um, even tell us that. Right. Well, any of these, you can't tell it's him because he has, well, you can still see that that's Scott Atkins. Like if you, if you, if were you to know s- him, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you know him, but I'm saying like, People knew Colin Farrell was the penguin, and you could not tell that it was him. Yeah, it was hard to see him in there. You could tell really this well. was Scott Adkins. So, like, uh, you know, yeah, I'm not going to feel too bad for him for getting to be in the movie and, and getting that exposure. And I don't know if he'll be able to parlay that into anything else, but, you know. Maybe he, he can come gotta... back in John Wick 5 as himself, and nobody will know that there's <laughs> yeah, a difference. Yeah, I mean, why not? Yeah, you threw him in a fat suit last time. Just give him a mustache. <laughs> yep. So then, what? Uh, where? What's your rating on this one then? If it's not uh, this, obvious this, already, this uh, is the best movie of the year, mm-hmm. which isn't saying a lot because the bar bar's pretty low for this year. Sure, uh, I've been debating, uh, and I don't think I can do it. But actually, I think I am. I think this is better than Top Gun Maverick. I think it's the best movie of the past two years. Yeah. Well, I so I best movie. So I missed. Did you give your rating? It's a five star movie. Okay, yeah, I'm at a five star too. I I think it is kind of. I mean, I had. I think I only put Maverick at a four, maybe. Um, I enjoyed Maverick, but 
it, it has more of the Mission Impossible beats than this one does, right? To your point, like it's it's story, 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 big set piece, big tense moment. Story, story, mm-hmm. story, big set piece, tense moment. Whereas this is like story, story in the beginning, and then we're just going, and we're not going to stop pretty much the entire time. So I do think this one takes it up to another level. I you know there's there's aspects of Maverick that I think are more impressive from a filmmaking standpoint because obviously they're flying around in jets and stuff which john wick doesn't have to do but sure um no i I, this is easily the best movie of the year i mean obviously we're only in april and hasn't been a lot coming out but it's gonna be tough to beat this one i think um I, i think they've got their formula i think they know what to do i think as long as keanu will hold up and as long as that guy wants to keep directing them i i see no reason to to slow things down yeah, it's just the feeling that you got walking out of Maverick and then the feeling that you got walking out of this one. You know, the, that's the kind of feelings that I, I really want to walk out of a, a Marvel movie and I just haven't <laughs> haven't had those for quite some time, you know, because yeah. you're like, yeah, is is it just getting stale? You're watching, you, you leave a movie and we've had such, I think, poor movies, uh, releases, again, mm-hmm. over the past two years that you leave and you're like, am I just getting tired of movies? Yeah. You know, and you kind of have, and you've you said that, you know, so you're getting a little fatigue and you're like, mm-hmm. I just may not like movies anymore. I don't know why, I, but then you leave a movie that you actually enjoy and I was just on, on cloud nine, you know, I, yeah. I, I loved watching this. And again, I was in, I was in this whole movie. And, and so I, they exist. They're there. Yeah, gonna... it, it's certainly very much in this day and age a quality over quantity thing. I, I think part of what probably led to my fatigue is you know when we started doing the pod, we were watching movies nonstop and watching, forcing ourselves to go watch movies that probably we wouldn't have seen otherwise, or maybe you know in a couple of years down the road. And so when you just start to, yeah. you know what is the right word like just indulge yourself way too much right just you just there's way more bad than there is good in the movie industry for Um, sure so taking steps back and being a little bit more selective with what you go see um, definitely helps that but you know i'm still the same person that you know i'm gonna go see mario and and hope that it just shocks me that it's you know really really good right you know because you don't you don't most of the time you don't want to go into a movie thinking like, Oh my God, I'm not going to like this. I mean, and I think I got to the point where there were times where I was going and seeing movies where I'm like, I, I don't think I'm going to like this. Yeah, um, I didn't like the trailer. I don't like the concept. Right. And, and I mean, go give it a shot. Right. You know, we, but... We've seen enough movies to think like there's still that nugget in the back of your mind. That's like, but maybe, but maybe, but maybe it's, maybe I've judged it too harshly. And then you walk out and you're like, God, I just wasted two hours. Right. Um, <laughs> But then there's movies like this where you're like, okay, I like the trailer. I like the concept. I mean, three hours is pushing it, but you know, let's go do this. And then you walk in and you're like, yeah, loved it. So I'm in a five-star too. Um, definitely agree with you about best movie of the year. Um, and it'd be hard to probably dethrone it. Agreed. Let's get some spoilers. All right, let's do it. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. Okay, um, I'm going to start in a really weird spot. All right. And it's another question for you. And, and I'm going to kind of set this up with a couple of scenes. So the the scene um, where he's fighting out in the road, and there's just cars everywhere circling around. Around the, the Arc yeah. de Triomphe. And, and, you know, he's throwing people into cars. He's being hit by cars. Um, also, there's people shooting at each other, and they're just holding up their suit jackets for protection. 
And then a little bit after that, you get to the scene where Keanu's kicked down like 200 steps and they show him falling down like every last step mm-hmm. of those. And fell I, out a window onto a car. Yeah, yeah. I asked myself at that point in my head, and I'm going to ask it to you now, is this... How do, how do I phrase this? Are there people that are going to watch this and how they feel when they see that stuff is how I felt when I watched Fast 9. Like, is it that <laughs> ridiculous? And it just so happens to be that I, I'm okay with the ridiculousness in this because I, I love it and this is up my wheelhouse, whereas people who love cars and stuff are just going to love anything that Fast 9 did. Like, is that a fair comparison? Because, I mean, it is kind of ridiculous when I watch it. I know it, like, John Wick takes the most ridiculous, and he doesn't show any injuries from, like, there's just, it's absurd what happens in this movie sometimes, and I get it, and I love it, but, like, I couldn't help but judge myself a little bit, being like, is this how people feel when they watch Fast 9 and love it? Well, I'll lead with, Keanu does look like, when he walks around, that he has been hit by a car. (laughs) That's just just how how he he walks nowadays. Um, I I thought that, too, Uh, but we've seen action movies you know, since the eighties, yes. the guy gets shot in the shoulder and he's fine. Sure. Yeah, he he acts as if and then at the very end he he grabs the shoulder. Sure. Oh, oh remember I was shot earlier. So it, it's that's not too much of a departure from what we've seen. But it, it is, is a, a step up. It is a step up. But uh, what I think is different is that they're trying to make and here I am trying to defend it, even though it did kind of bother <laughs> me, uh, is that he's John Wick when the other people getting hit by the same car. Yeah. That was in game, you know, for them. Sure. Like they, they were, so it's, but it's something this weird about combination this of like kind of grounded in reality with like, okay, we're going to explain that their suits have Kevlar in them. Yep. That, that, okay. So you can, you can use that as a shield. Right. So that, but then you just, me. but then it's just kind of ridiculous that we'll have these massive gunfights and guys are just holding up like their suit, <laughs> suit jackets and shooting around. Like, again, I don't have a problem with it, but I, the, I the physics see, doesn't make a lot of sense. Right. I can see the absurdity in it. I can see the absurdity in like 10 guys dying because they got hit by cars, but John got hit by three of them and just isn't even phased. Right. Like right. it, it, it ratcheted up a level to the point where I could see some people being like, Okay, you you tip the scales here. Like you've kind of been teetering on that line. You just went way past it. And then I sort of felt like the the rolling down the stairs was just sort of kind of an acknowledgement of that implicitly. Like it wasn't that one. Two hundred stairs. It wasn't the stairs that bothered me. It was a falling out of three store window on and crushing a car and then him. But that's he he did that at the end of three when when uh well but he, but he got carried off you know he got drugged well sure, he, he was he was virtually dead at that point falling sure. off you know and this one <laughs> i was like like we've already seen him get hit by a four maybe he rolls in a certain yeah. way but he has but that one yeah. that one's not easy to no. easy to fake <laughs> yeah so anyways that that was the thought running through my head at the end of the movie in the theater was like oh no I'm one of those people that likes Fast 9. It's just my Fast 9 is John Wick 4. So, okay. Okay, so back to the Fast 9 comparisons. So this is, all you need to do in John Wick is suspend belief of his ability to endure pain. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I mean that, a little it. bit, but like, you know, holding up your suit jacket and those guys not being able to like just shoot your ankle or shoot your feet. I mean, there there is some of that that's in all action movies, but the, there's a little bit more than that. It's the enduring pain, but it's also just kind of the absurdity of some of the fights, I think. 
um, like Donnie Yen being blind and being able to do half the stuff that he can do. Like there, there is like everything's just kind of up a notch in this movie. A little bit. Yeah. I mean, yes, it is. But when you go to a movie like Fast 9 and they're attaching cars to rope bridges that swings from one mountain to another. Right. Like it's and then releases at the perfect time. I mean, like like those are. But does the does the does the fact that it's a car in Vin Diesel and they've already kind of laid the ridiculousness of this world to do things like that? Does that then excuse that for that crowd? Whereas we're saying the same thing over here with John Wick. They're like, well, you've already said that there's Kevlar and all you guys. You know what I'm saying? Like, is it apples to apples there? I don't think it's apples to apples because I think one is cool and one. Is <laughs> That's what I'm stupid. saying. <laughs> we're, we will justify this because we like John Wick and we like those movies. So then it. Uh, that's really what I'm trying to get. Can we can we set aside our biases, our opinions, and be like, John Wick Four is our Fast Nine? Is that is that accurate? I'm not I'm not there to say okay. that yet. I'm okay. not. I've seen Fast Nine. That's the thing. Is I've, I've seen the entire movie and Fast Ten's coming, and it's tr- going to over overtake right that one. And so, I mean, they put a car in space, right? A car, yeah. That like I I know it takes to, what you have to put on the outside of a space shuttle to get through the atmosphere you can't just take your car into sure. space but right uh, but at least you know at least John, they establish these suits are special yep they don't exist in our in our earth 616 here uh, <laughs> right they they exist in john wick's world so so be it yeah. you know that you can explain that out maybe that's just what they can do mm-hmm. i don't know how or but Nope, I get it. I, I'm there. I'm okay. there with you. I was but. just curious about that. That that was the first thought that popped in my head at the stair rolling scene. <laughs> so what was your favorite scene? You said you wanted to talk about your favorite scene. Oh, um, the top down. That was One so shot good. action scene. Uh, that so like good. as the camera started to like pan up when he was in the stairs and it slowly started positioning, I was like, what are they doing? And then... And the fact that they chose like the shotgun with fire coming out of it was just, it it made everything so cool. Like, again, it's one of those things where how you film an action movie, in particular, hand to hand combat action, is make or break. Um, You know, we used to think that Taken was good. We used to think that Born Identity was good. Like, I go back and watch those now. I'm like, this is really awful action filmmaking just some of the worst and and i will say christopher nolan was bad about it too in batman movies he he i don't think he filmed those action scenes very well but you have to have the right eye for it um stahelski clearly has it um uh the raid director clearly has it right there's lessons to be learned from those people and and honestly they, they learned them probably from old school 70s and 80s hong kong action movies kung fu movies where you hold the camera still so that you can really take in what's happening Um, but to then take that concept, which they've always been really good at and turn it into something that we've never seen. Um, I I mean, I'm sure we've seen overhead shots in movies and probably even overhead shots in action scenes. But again, you, you combine that style with all the rest of their great choreography and you get just, again, something where you're like, damn, I've never seen that. And that was, that was so cool. And, and honestly, that was on like a back to back to back of like, what you could probably think was like the best action scenes in the movie. I don't remember the one before the car scene, but I remember thinking like, Oh, that, Oh, I think it was my, maybe it was a Scott Adkins one. And I was like, Oh, this is a really great scene. And you got to the car <laughs> traffic mm-hmm. circle scene. Like this might be the best scene of the movie. And then you get to that overhead shot. And you're like, 
oh my God, I think this is the best scene of the movie. It just kept outdoing itself. But the visuals, the overview, all that, like that scene is just killer. And that would have been a really good scene without the shotguns, Mm -hmm. you know, doing that. And even the shotguns alone could have been a really good scene of him lighting basically people on fire. Mm-hmm. But then combining those, you know, both elements and into into that overhead scene was so so good. Right. And I don't know if you, you caught this or not, because I didn't. My my wife mentioned it. But did you notice in the overhead scene where there were mirrors placed certain ways so you could see other angles? Oh no, him? I didn't catch that, I don't think. Uh so I I didn't either. I, I was more watching people caught on fire, you know. <laughs> yeah. And so um she said as he was going through kind of that uh, they had mirrors placed so you could see different angles and I'm anxious to go back and and look for those. The thing I liked about it too is that in action movies you rarely you only see what the main character is seeing or what the focal point of the camera wants you to see. So more often than not it just seems like endless guys running at the main guy. In this overhead view you could see like the plans of it, right? Like you could see the guys two rooms over starting to work their way over and how mm-hmm. he was like, then like, I don't know if he knew that they were coming or anything like that, but you could, you could see the scene unfolding before typically you can ever see that in any other movie ever. Cause you only see the bad guys when they enter the room, not when they're two rooms away and they're kind of looking in a, this game of cat and mouse. So like, that's the other thing I really appreciated about is what it felt like. Um, it felt like you could see like the strategy or the tactics behind John Wick and not just, oh, you're in front of me now, so I'm just going to react to you right now. Right. Now, everything about it, and again, I was, gosh, I was exhausted by that point, but it just it just amped me up again, you know, and mm-hmm. like, this is still going, and I love it, and yeah. it added something new, and it just, it, again, it brought me in, into it again, Yeah. you know, and that's, uh, I absolutely love that scene. Like, that's, it. I loved Halle Berry and the dogs, mm-hmm. uh, but I also love the, the shotgun. And shotgun's always been kind of my when playing video games. My, my love uh, when using using those, and then you add, add fire to it, and then yeah. John Wick, and and then a cool camera angle, and it's just awesome. Yep, yep. Uh, that that would go down. And they used music from the first John Wick in that scene, so it was like a a really great throwback. And I can't I can't picture it. I think it's in yeah. the. It's from the scene after he's downstairs in the nightclub where it's all red in the pool area. And then he goes upstairs to the club area. I think it's the music from the club area that they played in that. So this is kind of a nice throwback if you've seen enough John Wick one. If you, <laughs> <laughs> well, again, I, there's, there's so many things that I didn't, I didn't see just cause I was, you know, eventually you're just like, Oh my God, this is awesome. And yeah. you just kind of black out, yep. you know, um, you didn't mention you didn't mention the car. Did you see it in a kind of a full theater, or? Um, I mean, there was a decent amount of people there. I don't know if it was full because we saw it like a ten thirty Saturday morning show. And so in the roundabout scene, you know, mm-hmm. we've seen maybe probably over two hundred people die by this point in the movie, <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, and people get hit by the car. Um, did your crowd react when the dog got hit by the car? Uh, no, I don't think there was enough people there to get a, a big reaction. Uh, oh, it, it was like, we were sitting there, you know, oh, all these people are dying. And all of a sudden the dog gets hit by like, oh my God, you know, like yeah. a big gasp of, and then the dog's okay. You're like, okay. It was like, it's just funny that, uh, you know, they, they kept that dog through line through, yeah. uh, four movies. Uh, but again, people's reaction to it is, <laughs> yeah, is just don't hurt the dog. Yeah. Kill anybody else you right. want, but and don't, the dog don't bounced back up just like John. It, it, just like John did. Yeah. <laughs> just like John. 
I liked the uh, addition of Clancy Brown, mm-hmm. um, who has one of the best voices in Hollywood. Yeah, um, he's up there with career. Powers Booth. Yes, yeah. Uh, and I liked his role. Mm-hmm. I don't really know what his role was. No. Nope. Um, but I was stunned because he's a he's a he's a large man. Mm-hmm. I was stunned at how tall Skarsgård was next to him. Yeah, Skarsgård's a, a tall dude. He he is, and when they when they introduced him with uh, with Ian in, in that that first scene, and you know they're they're across the room from each other. He's by the windows, and mm-hmm. he's at the doors. And then at the end, he walks up to him. I know Ian's kind of a shorter guy, and they try to play up his height, you know, because mm-hmm. most actors are, are shorter. <laughs> he's like a full like foot and a half taller. than I'm like, gosh, like that's a very kind of intimidating, you know, presence that that he has that yeah. I don't think they really played up on at all. Yeah. Uh, except that that's the only scene that they had him to kind of had him crouch down. But uh, I'm glad he didn't hand to hand combat, John. Yep. Like, I was kind of waiting for that. Well, because like, that's the that's really like the only complaint with John Wick one is that yeah, is the way that final fight goes down. Like you never want to, unless you've established that the that Skarsgård or the the guy in one is a good fighter, and you you you've given me scenes in the movie to prove that there should be zero chance that these those kinds of guys can can go toe to toe with John. Right, it, sh- it shouldn't even be. I mean, no. even if John's been shot, you know, right. six or seven times, right? You know, to try to bring it down. Um, sort of like what they did with the the Donnie Yen fight, mm-hmm. you know, is oh you've been you've been shot. To, uh, I do you think they added that just to kind of have him save face. Uh, I mean, probably. I mean, I, I think at some point you you can't have John just be totally unscathed, right? Like you you've got a. Well, I, I'm sorry. I'm going back to the samurai fight with the scorpion. And I forget his name. Oh, uh, Hiroyuki Sonata. That you're talking. So yes. you're talking about when Donnie Yen fights him. When Donnie Yen fights him, yeah. and his daughter says, "You've been shot." Yeah, so yeah, I was yeah. wondering gotcha. if that is like he's going to lose to a blind Donnie Yen. Like I don't. Yeah. You know, he. Uh, it's yeah. like, I just, as an actor, he's like, "No, I'm going to ha- add something to this. At least I've sure. been shot already." Yeah, but I mean, I think Donnie Yen gets the edge there, anyways, right? Like I, you know, if anybody knows who he is, like you should sure. know that like he's going to be the guy that it's going to be the best in the movie. So I, I don't know really, really why they added that shot I, other than to make it very clear that he knew he was sacrificing himself for his daughter. Basically was it yeah, like he, it, he knew this wasn't going to end. Yeah. Well. He knew he was yeah. going to die. Right. Now what I will say is it kind of sucked that he died given all three of them were friends. Um, and John was already gone. Right. And then in the end, Donnie and John kind of figure a way out of this whole thing without either of them dying. So it's like, right. well, shit, maybe you guys could have figured that out, you know, in the first half of the movie. So the, that other guy didn't, your other friend didn't have to die. Well, I think now you establish his daughter, though. Of yeah, I thought we were going to get a lot more of her. Yeah, and she disappeared and maybe yeah. she's ballerina. Maybe she's, you know, future John yeah. Wick movies. But she said, you know, you kill him or I'll. Um, yeah. Or I'll kill both of you, or I'll kill him, or something. Something like that, yeah. <clears throat> but it's a, uh, and Donnie's alive, and mm-hmm. so he can be used in, a, in other places. And so, um, if he comes back, you know, I know he's been yeah. forgiven and all that stuff. Sure. But that's, uh, I thought the doorbell scene with him was pretty clever. I had no idea what those were that he was slapping up in the kitchen. I was like, what the is mo- this? The, mo- the motion doorbells? I, I figured they were <laughs> sensors of some kind, right? But I didn't think that they'd just be basic doorbells, right? But th- I thought that was a really cool way of showing him, um, getting him to be able to fight without... 
I mean, we've seen blind people in action movies before, so it's not like it takes a lot to look past that and be like, well, how does he do this? Well, you know, it is what it is. His other senses. Right, right. Now, I will say, I thought it was a little bit of a stretch to do a duel with a blind guy shooting guns. Um, but then I thought about it, too. I'm like, well, if he's that good of a killer and that good of an assassin, he has an understanding about how far away John Wick is, about how tall and how much of a build he has. So well, you can never, probably... He never, he never hit him. Well, yeah, he did. He hit him in the shoulder and stuff. And then he, he hit him in the side. Then he hit him in the side. Yeah, no. he shot. Yeah, but I'm saying like at first my reaction was really a blind guy in a duel. But then I was like, well, oh, in a duel. I thought I thought you meant just in a gunfight. Oh you no, mean no, the, no, the duel at no, the end. In the duel. Yeah. Then I'm like, okay, well, yeah, if shoot I close, straight ahead. Right. Like if I was going against you and I figured <laughs> that you were 30 paces away and I know about how big and how tall you are, you know, I could probably okay. generally hold my gun in the right area, but. I agree. I, I thought you meant the first gunfight scene. Oh no! Well, I mean, the, the first gunfight seems a little crazy too, right? Because, like, I mean, you just have to assume that yeah, the heightened senses, all the stuff that comes along with an action movie, blah blah blah. You know, <laughs> I will say yeah. it was funny though because uh, I watched it with my son. And he looked over at me and he goes, "That's a dude from Force uh, uh, Rogue One, right?" And I was like, "Yeah." He goes, "Is he blind in real life?" I was like, "Oh." No, he's not. But I okay, fair question. <laughs> but he likes to play blind guys. Yeah, <laughs> I it didn't even well one. It didn't even occur to me that Donnie Yen was in Rogue One. I just don't know why that didn't cross my mind. But then two, I definitely didn't connect the dots that he also is blind in that movie. I did enjoy him doing the uh, the the punches. Oh from, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. No, that I Donnie Yen's one of those guys that I will geek out every time he's in an American movie because he's really good at what he does, but just hasn't been able to punch through i mean i remember in college we went and saw blade 2 and i was like oh my god donnie yen's in this maybe we're gonna get to see some great scenes and like not really yeah um, they didn't use him at all yeah so you still have to kind of go not quite to scott adkins level but you have to get a lot of outside the mainstream kind of movies to to get all the real good donnie yen content but i thought they did a really good job of having him in this movie gave him some good lines had some good fighting scenes i, I weirdly loved his sword style he didn't stab people all the way through or slice them a lot he he poked them a lot with a sword i was like oh like each time he would be like ah oh, just 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 cut me all the way man don't don't just like poke me with it but like if you will go back and watch a lot of his sword action it's just like he's like stabs i'm like oh damn how did you feel about mr nobody um or nobody Oh, okay, okay. It took me a minute because him when, and his when dog. You, do, do we ever get his name? Did no, he ever say and, his name? and I don't know why, but when you said that, I went to the Bob Odenkirk, which movie. should be in this world. Nobody, well, it was made by one of the same guys associated because there was initially two guys that were working on John Wick together, and then I think yeah. one of them has kind of split off and did some of the, the Deadpool stuff and some of the Nobody stuff. Um, I thought but he was that fine. Movie did, that movie does fit in this world. Oh, it they does. Just, yeah, you know, very easily. But. Yeah, I liked him. I mean, I, I was fine with it. It wasn't like anything that I thought was incredible or whatever. But again, it brought the dog, so I, I liked. I liked how they use the dog again. Like he screams nuts, and it goes and bites guys in the nuts. Like I thought that was cool. Um, I don't know that it was overly necessary given all the characters and stuff that we had, but um, I, I like that John saved, chose to save the dog, and that's what kind of won that guy over. Um, so there was elements of it I liked. I don't know that it was fully necessary, but you know, whatever. In a three-hour movie, you're gonna have to expand a little bit. Yeah, I don't like that he called himself nobody. I thought that was cheesy. Sure. Um, and so like, just pick a cool name, you mm -hmm. know. Um, but in the dog, uh, 
again, coming off of Halle Berry and Two Dogs. And again, that was more of, like I said earlier, as an extension of, of herself. I mm-hmm. felt like this was more the dog was also kind of running rogue and, and doing what doing what he wanted to do. I mean, he was doing his own thing, which mm-hmm. is, which is pretty cool. But I didn't feel like they were working together so much, uh, which uh, brought brought though that component down a little bit for me. Um, I liked him and I liked the message that, uh, and I don't even remember who, who got him there of, uh, they mentioned that the world's not about, you know, not necessarily about markers, you know, it, you find friends along the way type mm-hmm. of things more important than markers and, and whatnot. I don't remember where that, who said that or whatnot in yeah. there, but, but he kind of realized that at the end. Of, yeah. I think that, I think that came up in the, um, the sword fight. I think is what, because um, I think Donnie Yen makes a comment of like, John doesn't, you, John doesn't have any more markers on you or whatever. And then Hiroyuki was like, it's not all about markers. I think okay, that's what so that he happened. he yeah yeah, and I think that's uh, and you've seen that through all the the Wick movies of, um, you know Willem Dafoe, mm-hmm. you know his there's an obligation and there's also friends. Mm-hmm. You know you you have friends in the business and and some. Say you know I'm going to kill you anyway, even though we're friends. And some are like nah, we're going to find a way, a way around it. Uh, and I think that he just he's he seems like new to the world, mm-hmm. and he's understanding, you know how it all gets. So I liked how they concluded his his arc. Yeah, yep. I didn't have a problem with him. I just wanted him to have a name because that's cheesy. Yeah, it is when they all have other Kane because he has. You can cane. call me nobody. Like, <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> Yeah, so they got to bring up the end. I'm assuming. I mean, he's not dead, right? I think. I think it was their way of giving themselves options. I think if they want to take a break for a little while and go do other stuff, they can. If they want to come back to it, they certainly can. So I, I think it was an open ended conclusion. I think it could it can stay or go. So I, I really genuinely feel like. They they wanted one foot in and one foot out. That way, it can if they rode off into the sunset, it's fine. They can just consider him dead, and it's all good. If they want to come back to it, it's not hard to come back. You didn't you didn't see a body. There's some cover up story that you know uh, Winston did. So, so you think more of it is a selfish on their end for their future projects, or do you think it's a hey, if this movie sucks, we can at least have a, a conclusion? Oh no, I, I, I don't think they <laughs> I don't think they thought the movie was gonna suck. I don't think Or if people are tired of this. You know, uh, people I mean, are going I mean <laughs> yeah, now now that's a different story. If they thought like, hey, you know, we hit the right movies at the right time, let's not marvel this and, and just start milking this thing dry, especially with the spinoffs, right? So I think there's probably some of that. But you also have to think like Keanu hasn't done much else in the last however many years besides John Wick. I mean, this guy's only directed John Wick movies. So at some point, you know, as creative people, I got to think that they're going to want to visit a different world, do something different. And, you know, maybe this gives them that option. Or maybe, you know, they sit down and like, oh, six months later, like, hey, I got a really great idea that's just popped in my head. We should, we should just go ahead and do this. Like, I, I think it gives them the flexibility. It gives them options. So I think if you had left it too open-ended, everybody would always ask, right? Like, when's the next John Wick? Where's the next John Wick? Is John Wick going to show up in the spinoffs? Blah, blah, blah. Well, right. now you just silenced all that, right? You can just say, nah, we don't know. He's done. You know, we'll let you know if we decide to come back. So I think it well, was just protecting the franchise and giving yourself options. Well, I like how he says, 
you know, is he in heaven or is he in hell? He's like, I don't know where he is. You know, right. t- type of like, well, you yeah. know, he's not there because you didn't put him down there. Right. I mean, they, they did all the right things. They didn't show yeah. the actual body going in the in the casket or anything. all right. the things that we say. If it doesn't happen on screen, it didn't happen. So they avoided all that. They added the line from Winston. So I think everybody that watches that's going to feel the same thing. Like you have to assume he's dead, but the door is open for them to to do other stuff and it they can do it without having boxed back themselves into a corner so that's what i think i think personally i think they're going to go off and do some other things for a little while i think they're going to let the spinoffs do their thing i mean keanu's not getting any younger so i don't know how much of a window you have here to be continuing to do this so i feel like it was a chance to say here's our pause button let's let's chill out and maybe revisit it later so if you're a director and you've done these movies, and you're getting all the the acclaim from this one, and the clear money that's rolled in probably exceeds your expectations. Mm-hmm. Do you stop on top, or do you come back for another? Mm, I don't know. I, I mean, that's it's honestly just if it was me, I feel like I would want to tell a different story using the same kind of techniques, right? Um, I mean, but it also depends. Like, maybe he doesn't just want to do action movies his whole life. I don't know. Maybe he wants to parlay that into something else. I, I genuinely don't know, but. I could see wanting to set that world aside, but then you also have the the weird thing of like you've got to make something so different that it's not just equally comparable to John Wick. Right. But then how far do you get out of your comfort zone when you do that? How many different action stories can you tell? Because you just don't want to create something that feels like a knockoff of John Wick. So what what can like, you do here? Like Mr. Nobody. Uh right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is um, basically Yeah. John but I mean Wick. also like he could pair with really good like if you listen to him talk about John Wick one, he basically talks as though it was a goof. Like they basically, you know, because he the director was Keanu's stunt double on the Matrix movies, so they basically were like, let's just go film a movie where it's just badass action scenes and stunts. Like we're just not really going to worry too much about it, you know. If it does whatever, it does whatever, you know. It'd just be fun making a movie together. But now, if he wants to, he could pair up with some really great concept writers, right, and produce something like the next matrix or something else. It's like a really cool story driven thing, but that the action scenes are still to the caliber that you need. It's just not, maybe it's not the action driving the whole movie. Like John wick, it becomes the action pieces are more like your traditional movies, but they're still really great. Cause I mean, listen to how many times we've gone onto a podcast and been like, well, that movie was cool. Like the action scene was great here, right? Like those one or two or three scenes can really make a whole movie, even though they right. don't like John wick make up the whole movie. Yeah, I just think this is their this is their baby. Yeah. And they see it you grow and just continue and you, it, I feel like they're having fun with it. Oh, sure. Like I mean you can you can tell by each of the scenes that they're having fun with this. Yeah. And uh I'd I'd had a really hard time. Yeah, maybe not with Keanu. I don't are they doing the ballerina or is it a different team? I don't know. I, I think it's a spinoff and it's a different team. Not I'm sure that he gets some kind of creative control and oversight because it's his world that he's created and stuff. But you I have to be because yeah, we've seen, I mean, decades of yeah. action movies that no one's touched really what what they're doing here. Right. And I would, I would, that would be my fear. I'm, I'm more of a micromanager, I guess. But <laughs> I would want to make sure that it's yeah. up to the level of which right. I want it filmed, I want it choreographed, and right. I um, would think, given his pedigree he would be more likely to say, I'm going to give you some flexibility on the stories as long as you don't trample on what I've done. But the action has got to be top notch. Like it's got to be well filmed. Like you, you do take in three shaky cam. 
I'm I'm burning your film before it ever sees the light of day, right? Like <laughs> that because I mean that's like his his pride and joy. That'd be like saying, yeah. you know, M Night Shyamalan's gonna let somebody else write the twist. I mean, maybe he should, but you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> if that's a director's signature thing, that's what you're known for. Like you're gonna want to make sure that is the stuff that comes across really well. So. I'd be very interested to see. I should probably even Google it and see if like he's come up with another project that he's going to want to do. But I would love to see him do something like, um, like I, I know John Wick has a lot of characters in it, but I would like to see almost like a, a team based action movie, right? Like I don't know what that is—a squad of ninjas, a squad of hitmen, like X Men. No, I'd please stay out of the superhero <laughs> realm. Like, um, but you know, something like that where it's like more team based stuff. But again, I I think you know if I go and see his next movie and it's you know. Goodwill Hunting, I'm going to be extremely upset. Like, you know, that's just, that's not what you're wasting your talent at that point. Like, don't be Michael Jordan going and playing baseball. Like, let's come on. Let's, let's keep that's... winning titles here in basketball. And I, all right, that was for you. Now come back and do something. Yeah. What you, you should really do is open up like a school in Hollywood that teaches people how to film action scenes. Cause I think people, most other people just feel like, mm -hmm. well, we'll just shaky cam it and like half ass our action scenes and people don't really care. And I think <clears throat> there's just a world of difference between that kind of quality action and, and what we get in John Wick. Okay. And I know I'm going to hit, hit your boy here and I know he's a capable actor, action star. Do you think you could put most anybody into this movie and make them look like a functioning fighting machine? I, I honestly, I have to say yes, if only because go back to the Matrix. Would you have ever thought that Keanu and Lawrence Fishburne and Hugo Weaving could pull off the fight scenes that they pulled off? I mean, it's not like they were pedigree action stars, but what they did was, as part of the movie, they made them train for nine months with choreographers and actual martial artists and stuff. And and so they're not just faking it with cameras; it's them actually doing the stuff that they were trained to do. So I think if I think, yes, if you can get anybody who's got the dedication and the physicality and is willing to go through that level of stuff, I think, yeah, you, you can film it up to make anybody look like that. Because Keanu's not known for his acting jobs. You know? No, so it's but not I don't like think he's ever... You, but was he known for like his fighting? Like You never would have thought that. Well, right, right. But yeah. what I'm saying is is you you could get a someone considered a, a good actor mm -hmm. and plug him into this world, and yeah. you could... you know expand upon that you know tenfold sure. you know kind of kind of limited on like you said he had what like six lines in the entire right. movie yeah you know he didn't need it but right. but that's uh but, but that's sort could... of the that's sort of the problem right like most of the time when you get the prototypical they wanna, action heroes, they want to act yeah. well no 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 what i'm uh, saying is like the prototypical action heroes are the the silent violent strong guy type who don't i mean aside from like you know bruce willis and mel gibson in the 80s when you know lethal weapon and Die Hard. like most of the time it's arnold and sly like you, you don't want them talking shut your right. mouth and just do your thing <laughs> so like i would say like john wick kind of fit that mold where it's like you don't really need keanu doing a lot of acting and talking just like in the matrix now if you're going for something that's more of like a spy thing okay yeah you need to maybe pull in like a henry cavill or a ryan gosling or a chris evans somebody that's got some more dynamic personality to them because you're going to add that layer to it but could chris evans and ryan gosling and those guys do john wick yeah if they put in the training and all the stuff that keanu did absolutely there's no reason not to think that yeah, because you know, you come back to a guy like Scott Atkins, you know, who's physically capable of doing all this already, mm -hmm. and clearly he's dedicated his life to that. But he's not going to sell tickets, you no, know. Absolutely, it's not. Uh, 
you know, Bobby Wick, John's little brother, you know, <laughs> you know, but, but if you, if you cast, you know, Ryan Gosling, people are going to go see you. If yep. You cast Scott Atkins, you know, it's going to go straight to prime video, you yep. know, that's, so my, my, my mind is, yeah, you need a name, you know, yep. to like, they're in this world now. Like you mentioned the the continental, which I didn't know was a prequel until you told me that, uh, with no Gibson, you know, that's, um, you got a name attached to the mm-hmm. series other than it's just, Oh, it's prime, right? Is it or I don't know if it's been said. Oh, Wait, okay. are you talking about the Continental? I don't the know. The Continental, if it has a, yeah, I don't know if it has a network or anything. Yet. No, okay, but it's a, uh, but that that alone, there's a name to attach, yep. meaning that they've put some care into it, you know, and so that and Ana de Armas is in just about everything nowadays, mm-hmm. and so she's a good, you know, a name that can be be dropped into this. And yeah, so I mean, would we have seen this had it had not had Keanu? That first time we ever talked about John Wick, we're like, what is like? I yeah, remember so you and I going of, to one see one of Scott that. Atkins' thirty other movies that he puts. Well, together. yeah, if it was Scott Atkins, it never would have been in theaters. So, no. oh no. But I mean, there's also that. Ever since Taken, and maybe it happened before Taken, but Taken's the one I remember. Like, it became okay. What old guys can we put into action <laughs> movies? Right? Denzel uh-huh. got Equalizer, and Mel Gibson had like I know this wasn't big, like Bloodfather, right? Like there was just this kind of renaissance of like old guys that can then come in and be these bloodshed heroes. And I, and truthfully, like I don't think anybody considers Keanu an old guy, even though he's pretty up there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think you, you can definitely do it with anybody. You do need the name recognition, which is why Keanu I think worked there. But Mm -hmm. yeah, every movie is capable of doing what John Wick has done. They just don't prioritize the action and the cinematography that way. they That's all it really comes down to. It's no different than some movies have shitty CGI. Some movies have really good CGI. Where do you want your money to go? Where are your priorities? If your priorities were in paying the stars and getting them to film their dramatic scenes, you have less money for the CGI and you're just going to be like, all right, we'll just, we'll bite the bullet there. Same with the action scenes. If, if that's not what you want to hang your hat on, then don't. But clearly Tom Cruise does for Maverick and Mission Impossible. Clearly Keanu and Chad Stahelski do for John Wick. So, you can't have it all, so sometimes you have to pick, but there's a drastic difference in quality between the way those movies present themselves. Agreed. Agreed, and I'm glad that they're they're doing it. It gives me more hope for action movies in the future. I hope. I, I would have thought after The Matrix that would have been a really turning point thing that you know use the Asian Hong Kong style fighting and, and cinema and, and cinematography and choreography and Again, some have, but a lot don't. They just think, well, we'll get whoever and shake the camera a little bit in front and it'll look good and everybody will be all fine. And I think, honestly, for like probably 70% of the audiences, it probably is fine. But for me, it just happens to be my sticking point where I'm like, damn it, no, you ruined it. So cater to the majority, I guess. Yeah. 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 All right. So I think that's going to wrap it up for John Wick 4, which you've heard it here is, as of now, the best movie of 2023. In 2022. In 2022. That's fair. Um, okay. I don't know what we're doing next. I know Super Mario comes out this week. I'm going to try yeah. and try and see that. Oh, you're seeing that tonight, aren't you? I'm seeing that tonight. Yeah. Okay. Well, then uh, I think I'm going to see it this weekend. Maybe we'll do Mario. I, I, I'm interested. I'm interested. That's all I'll say. I, I have. Hey. It's like the opposite of what I said earlier, where I think it's bad, but have a nugget that I hope it's good. I think this one seems kind of decent, but in the back of my head, I'm like, oh, how are they going to mess it up? So. We'll I got Donkey Kong, so that, that's already, <laughs> already got my, my list. Right. I'm just disappointed it's still not the Pedro Pascal Mario from SNL. <laughs> right, right. That's a, that's a killer movie. But no, I'm excited. I hope it's good. I do too. Um, but, but maybe we do that one. We'll see. Yep. All right. Carson, where can they find you on Twitter? 
at Carson Graff, G-R-A-F-F. You can find me at Two Views Garrett, G-A-R-R-E-T-T. You can find the show on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at at Two Views Movies, or you can always email us at Two Views Movies at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the show via Apple, Google, Spotify, basically anywhere you listen, we are there. And like we said, you might just catch us with a Mario episode coming up. We will catch you next time. What should we do next? Something good? Something bad? Bit of both? Bit of both!